All right, let's do it. Welcome back to the Hustle Daily Show. I'm your host, Zachary Crockett. Every day in this new podcast, we're going to give you a breakdown of the biggest tech and business news stories in 10 minutes or less. On Wednesdays and Fridays, we're going to bring on guests and go a little deeper. I'm here with the only person I know who can rock a Hellraiser shirt while talking about IPOs, Juliet Bennett-Ryla. How's it going, Juliet? Thank you. Thank you for appreciating my Hellraiser shirt collection. <laughs> and a uh, fun fact, um, we had a little emergency earlier yesterday and had to re-record this podcast at the last moment. And our all-star Jacob Cohen dropped in to do that with us. I've got Jacob Cohen on the line. Thanks for joining us, man. Listen, that's just showbiz, as they say. (laughs) It's showbiz. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about Facebook's big implosion. Also, it's 2022 and we're still canceling books, apparently. We're going to be talking about a school district that banned a book. There's kind of a big business catch there. But before we get into all that, we're going to do a quick rundown of some of the more interesting business stories from around the web today. Juliet, what do we got? Thanks, Zach. Up first, brands botching Black History Month. So this kind of thing happens all the time. A brand wants to cash in on something like Pride or the Women's March or breast cancer awareness. And so they slap a rainbow or a slogan on something or they make it pink and people on social media are like, uh, what even is this? The latest controversy involves Bath & Body Works. So Bath & Body Works launched a Black History Month collection. It's got candles, lotions, and fragrances. And that sounds cool, but here's the thing. Those products weren't new. They were products Bath & Body Works already sold, which led to the brand getting skewered on social media for slapping African designs on stuff they already had. On top of accusations of capitalistic exploitation, people also pointed out that some of the products were a little problematic, like a watermelon-scented candle. Bath & Body Works does plan to donate $500,000 to the National Urban League and the Columbus Urban League. But here's why stuff like this matters. Black History Month is a great opportunity for brands to partner with existing Black brands and creators and showcase their products. But when a brand just tries to reap the benefits themselves, social media is there to shine a light on misguided attempts. The lesson? Any company that plans on doing something for Black History Month, or any of these celebrations, should put some thought into it. Next up, we're going to talk about the WNBA. So the WNBA completed its first ever capital raise. They got $75 million from investors, and that includes Nike and Condoleezza Rice. This marks the largest capital raise in women's sports league history, and the funds are going to be used for marketing and digital products that will help the league grow in exposure. Here's why this matters. The WNBA has long struggled financially, but this raise could be the first step in changing that. All right, we're gonna talk about candy now. So Hershey reported earnings this week, And the company brought in $335.6 million in net income last quarter, and that's a 16.5% increase. But here's what's interesting and unfortunate if you planned on buying a lot of candy. The company offset higher supply chain costs by driving up all of its prices. And this year, Hershey said it expects growth to be driven primarily by price increases across all segments. So that means Reese's, Kit Kats, Almond Joys, basically the whole candy aisle. It's going to be a little less sweet this year. And that's going to do it. Back to you, Zach, for today's big story. All right. Thanks, Juliet. And uh, Jacob, I want to bring you back in here. Facebook, uh, or I guess Meta, we're all still getting used to that. Uh, the company stock fell by as much as 26% yesterday. That's the biggest single day drop in the company's history. And this is like almost impossible to fathom, but the company lost more than $200 billion in market cap in a single day. Yep. 
Jacob, you dug into this a little bit. It seems like there are two major reasons this happened, right? Yeah, and the company lost $200 billion in market cap, but it's also interesting to note Zook himself, his net worth went down <laughs> $30 billion. So right. he was knocked down to number 12 on the billionaires list. Uh, but we're not, yeah, we're not uh, shedding uh, any tears here, unfortunately, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. But yeah, you're right. There's two kind of main things that are happening here. The first is slowing sales. So Meta Revenue hit a little under $34 billion last quarter, uh, but its guidance for this quarter was lower, about 27 to 29 billion, below mm. expectations. Investors do not like anything below expectations. Sure. <laughs> the second thing is basically these new changes to the iPhone's privacy policy, uh, where users are now able to ask apps basically not to track them. Mm. Uh, and that's a big problem if you're, a lot of your business relies on tracking people and what they do within apps uh, for ads. That's basically, Almost all of Facebook's business. And like every time Tim Cook does something, like the rest of the market just gets like royally screwed over. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like deceivingly uh, Machiavellian or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's all for the benefit of humankind, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But Facebook's ad business is, they're saying it's going to take a $10 billion hit this year. Wow. Just from the Apple stuff. From the Apple stuff. Yeah. It's not looking good. <laughs> yeah. The other kind of crazy thing that was buried uh, in this report was that for the first time, their, the user growth for Facebook declined. Yep. Um, so it, it seems like they've reached kind of a saturation point. I think they had something like 1.9 billion users. And once you start getting up into that territory, you're just quite frankly, running out of people. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's not enough people to continue yeah. growing at that level. And I mean, it, also, they're not the only player to be nearing that number. They're, they're definitely the highest, but, but people are catching up to them. It'll be interesting to see how other players, once they hit that level, what happens for them. And, I and assume that, the same thing. And that stagnation is kind of partly driven, obviously, by a shift to competing platforms like TikTok. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So Jacob, you're, you're like our resident younger guy on the team. Um, are you on Facebook? I'm on Facebook for, for very specific reasons. Okay. <laughs> I use Facebook marketplace, uh, when I could get a good deal. I think Facebook groups is an incredible product and works extremely well. But the social element is lacking. I mean, yeah. But, I, but I guess Jacob, um, what have we heard from experts on this whole situation. I mean, are they feeling optimistic that Meta can make a comeback here? Yeah, I mean, there's this guy, Nikita, uh, I think his last name is pronounced Bayer. He's a former Facebook exec whose startup was actually acquired uh, by Facebook a couple of years back or a while back. Mm -hmm. And he was posting on Twitter, basically, the about the challenges Facebook faces now. Um, he kind of said three things. First, that a lot of these high-value social platform users are leaving Facebook and going to places like TikTok just because mm. that's, you know, where it's at. It's a cool place to be. It's definitely more fun. And, <laughs> and by high value, they just mean like kind of well-to-do coastal kind of users who have yeah. a lot of ad dollars. Okay. Oh, yeah. Big ad dollars, people who spend a lot of money. Uh, another thing he said was kind of M&A options are off the table because of just all the antitrust scrutiny around Facebook. They just can't go around buying companies like they used to, to mm. create new products or, or buy up new audiences or new mm. users. And the last thing he said, which I thought was kind of neat, founders are not really choosing to work at Meta, um, which means it's it's harder for them to build new products. Hmm. You know, founders are 
a lot of the times, like him, people who are builders and mm-hmm. the, the ones who are innovating. And I guess it's just harder for them to innovate uh, like they used to. Sure. But he did say, he did say that he thinks Zook is the greatest operator in the world. That's a quote. <laughs> yeah, that's a quote. And yeah. he's, he's the only founder who's still running one of the big tech companies. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Which is truly remarkable if you think about it. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to a different kind of book here. Uh, This is like an actual physical book. So this one's kind of fascinating. Uh, One of the greatest graphic novels that was ever written was recently banned by a school board in Tennessee. And there's a twist here. Uh, that ban led to a huge boom in sales for the book. So probably not what that school district intended. But Juliet, what book are we talking here first off? So we are talking about Mouse, which is, it's a graphic novel. So there's, there's a lot interesting about this book. So it's by author Art Spiegelman. His father uh, is a Holocaust survivor. So his family is Polish and Jewish and... Um, he interviewed his father kind of about um, his life in Poland and surviving the concentration camp and what happened after. And then he wrote a graphic novel about it. And the characters are all different animals. So his father and all the rest of the Jews in the story are mice and the Nazis are cats and so on and so forth. So this novel, it came out in a series, but now you can buy it as a whole book. And it ended up winning a Pulitzer Prize. So it's very critically acclaimed. So that's kind of the backstory. Then what happened was uh, the McMinn County, Tennessee School Board decided to ban it. Um, They didn't like that there were some curse words in it. Um, Some of the mice are depicted as nude. They are cartoon mice, though, to be clear. And it is not in a sexual context at all. And of course, because it is about the Holocaust, it does depict violence. It also depicts suicide. Um, In real life, his mother killed herself and... You know, he talks about it in the book um, because it's an account of his parents' lives. So they didn't want the kids to read it. This kind of made the news circles. And since the ban, this book has just shot to the top of Amazon's bestseller list. Comic stores are banding together and volunteering to donate copies of it to students who want them. There's a fundraiser to buy a copy for any U.S. student who wants it. Um, It's gotten a lot of interest, search engine interest. You can see people Googling it. So it's just kind of like that forbidden fruit almost. It's like, ooh, what is this thing? Um, Oh, I can't have it. I, I want it even more, which is kind of great because... It is this very culturally significant work. Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, another one of our writers, Trung, uh, compared this to kind of the Streisand effect earlier. And, uh, you know, I guess back in 2003, a paparazzi photographer took aerial photographs of Barbara Streisand's mansion and they sued. Uh, she sued the photographer. But at the time, those images only had six views and the lawsuit brought 
so much attention to the case that the images were viewed like millions of times. Yeah. So the Streisand effect is obviously like this phenomenon where like an attempt to hide something just leads to a groundswell in interest. Well, that's actually kind of an interesting point because so with all this renewed interest, of course, there come the TV and the film offers. And as as you know, it's never there isn't an adaptation of this. You know, Spiegelman said, yeah, I don't want an adaptation. He thinks comics is like it being a book, it being a comic is like the best way to absorb it. So I could see that being the case. I'm not sure if that's why it's not on Kindle. I just like yesterday was like, I'm going to read this book again. And I, I checked to see if I could read it like right then that moment without because I don't really like shopping for books on Amazon. And I, I knew I wasn't going to go to a bookstore. So I thought maybe maybe there's like a way to get it off of Libby, Libby or um, Hoopla. I don't know if you use those apps. They're like library apps. But yeah, there just wasn't an ebook available. Yeah. Also, like it's just if someone tried to make a movie of that, it would just get it just wouldn't work out well. Like, yeah. It just wouldn't be good. It would just look too weird. All right. Well, uh, a few more things before we go here. One crazy stat. Uh, is that the Super Bowl ads are now $7 million a pop. And apparently they're all sold out this year. So just for comparison's sake, back in 1967, a Super Bowl ad was $42,000. And if you adjust that for inflation, it's about 350K. So Super Bowl ads are completely out of control now. It's like a 20X <laughs> increase. Yeah. Anyway, guys, among the brands spending this year, Irish Spring Soap. Nice. <laughs> so it's going to be a hotly anticipated one. Uh, we got Sam's Club and Exciting. Wallbox, a company that makes EV chargers. Going to be some riveting uh, halftime commercials this year. Yeah. What's interesting also is like people kind of forget sometimes the seven million is just for the spot. Mm. Like a lot of these companies probably spend millions more on the ad. Uh, another interesting thing we came across was Tesla recently had to recall 817,000 cars. Uh, due to a seatbelt issue. So basically the, the chime that is supposed to sound when the seatbelt isn't clicked in didn't work. And that's a that's a big safety no-no. So they got a recall notice, but instead of having to do like a traditional physical recall that costs millions of dollars and logs up dealerships with cars, they just rolled out a software update. And it's interesting to think that this might be kind of the future of how cars work. You just roll out a software update and fix something. Yeah, it's cool stuff that they can do that. All right, so uh, I hate to end with something kind of super dystopian here, but uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos recently ordered a super yacht, and it was like a $460 million boat. And the problem is that this was built abroad, and he, he couldn't get it past a bridge in Rotterdam. It was too tall. So now the town is like literally dismantling an entire bridge piece by piece, so that Jeff Bezos' super yacht can make it into the sea. And to be fair, Bezos is paying for this whole thing himself out of pocket. But I'd ha I had to throw that one out there and get your reaction. I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I will say that it embodies the quote, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Like this <laughs> like, reminds me of that quote because he like, I don't know. It's so silly. It is kind of funny that it happened this like around the same time that they uh, decided to increase prices for Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to, I mean, you got to pay for your super yacht somehow. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Is it a coincidence at uh, this timing? I'm not sure. <laughs> the funniest thing I read on this whole thing was that there apparently is a Facebook group where 500 people have 
banded together and agreed to gather on the side of this bridge when the yacht comes through and throw eggs at it. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> Bezos is going to get egged whenever he goes through there on his yacht. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Much love to Juliet and Jacob for joining me today. And if you want to find more on the Hustle's tech and business coverage, check out our daily newsletter at thehustle.co. And we will see you all next week.